0: Hi, everybody. Anybody glad to be here like I am? I just feel really happy to be here. So happy. Everybody say this, Jesus is my Savior. Jesus. I want to speak today on Jesus, our Savior. And um, what did Jesus come to do? And of course, ultimately, we all know what Jesus came to do was to die. It was called substitutionary atonement. It means Jesus came to take our place on the cross, didn't he? So that ultimately, that's where our salvation flows out of. It flows out of the fact that Jesus says, uh, I'm going, in in fact, in Revelation 5, it says, He's ransomed Himself for every, given Himself as a ransom, a paid, a, a payment in full for all of our failures, all of our sins, all of our debt is paid by Jesus. So that's been done, and so therefore the reconnection that was cut off, the separation that was cut off, can we can come back into him. Everything flows from that gift of Jesus Christ, the gift of salvation, the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is this precious gift of grace that's found in a relationship with Jesus. Father God says, we're basically being restored back to a father who loves us, and that's a big healing journey for many, but it comes through Jesus, Right? So 1 John 4.14, John the Beloved said in 1 John, he says, We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Everybody say, He's the Savior of the world. Now the Bible terms to save is salvation. And it regards to these two realms, material and temporal deliverance from danger, suffering, and sickness. Everybody look at that. So in other words, something that happens right now. How many of you have had the Lord save you from yourself in some particular way right down here on planet Earth? How has He come through for you for some kind of a suffering and broken through? He's come and saved you, right? He's come and worked at salvation. That's what it means. This particular term means this. Material or temporal deliverance from danger. And this word save, would you say the word rescue? Rescue is a good word for Savior. He's come to rescue us. Secondly, He's come for the spiritual and eternal salvation granted immediately by God to those who believe on Christ. So ultimately, a person puts their faith in Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes in, causes them to be adopted into God's family. They are saved. That's the term. We're born again. We belong to Him. Adopted. We come into that place. There's an acceptance. You can be a filthy, raunchy, wicked soul and suddenly be so immersed in the depth of love that God has for you. It's truly a remarkable transition and state of the heart. Salvation is a glorious, glorious thing. Includes the present power to deliver and the future deliverance of believers at the second coming. Luke 19.10 For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He seeks and saves that which is lost. The reason we're asking for... People to um, pray for others to come into the kingdom and say there's you know veils that are over their eyes they don 't see is that right? You can ask for the Lord to lift that veil there's there's areas of blindness that people have, but Jesus wants to come and seek he wants to use us now to come and seek and save the lost. I think one of the most beautiful scriptures that i at least I love it a lot acts ten thirty eight that shows Peter in the book of Acts explaining Jesus' ministry. Would you read this aloud with me? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. This is extraordinary because you know, you hardly hear much about the devil in the Old Testament. He pops up a little bit, but the moment Jesus hits the scene, demons are saying, Why have you come to torment us before? They show up. So he's coming, and people are oppressed by this work of darkness and things like uh, in their life. So in his earthly ministry, he is ministering to people who are oppressed and giving healing and release let's see Jesus in action just for a minute. Mary Magdalene. Luke 8.2 says this, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Mary Magdalene. So she's introduced to us as a person who Jesus has now healed from the oppression of works of darkness, right here in the Bible. Are any of you aware that there are demonic powers in our nation, in our town, in some of our families? So we're not told what the demons were, but we're told that there's, and and I believe there could have been, with Mary Magdalene, I believe there could have been a combination of possibilities. For instance, She could have had an unclean spirit, which enters by means of a sexual encounter outside of marriage. She could have had a spirit of shame. Uh, That would make sense. She could uh, even maybe had a a spirit of self-hatred or a self-loathing, or maybe a spirit of abandonment or isolation. Does this resonate? Uh, That's only four, seven, maybe she was bound with a spirit of bitterness. Something happened to her a long time ago. Maybe, um, which which helped the others to stay put. That's the role of bitterness. Maybe she had a spirit of rejection. Possibly a spirit of fear. Which would be quite common. Who knows what they are? I want to tell you this. In the Bible, the number seven uh, is the number of completeness and perfection. In both the physical and the spiritual realms. So, we could say that Mary Magdalene was completely bound and perfectly bound <laughs> by the devil. <laughs> so maybe it was just seven, maybe it was more, but Jesus took authority over them. And they came out of her. And she was no longer, she was set free from demon torment. And they're no longer there. No wonder she loved Jesus so much. she, she loved Jesus as her savior. She loved him as her deliverer. She took, he took complete authority over the devil in her life and filled her with his peace. Praise you, Jesus. John 20, 17. This is why we see in the garden of, where he was buried and he rose, Jesus says to her, She comes, she sees the gardener, and he says, You know, it's me, basically. He speaks. And uh, Mary Magdalene says, "Teacher, of Rabboni," and grabs a hold of him. says, "Do not cling to me." He says, "For I have not get this. I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to the brothers and say, go to my brothers and say to them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God." So we have, we see both the temporal deliverance in her life, and we see the eternal salvation. Mary Magdalene gives us a hope that if we are tormented by the devil. Even today, Jesus extends his power to free us. Many people today, don't you believe? Need, how many of you in the room have needed deliverance from bitterness at least, all right? Just bitterness. How about rejection? Does that work? How many of you had rejection? I have a long story of how the Lord delivered me from the fear of rejection. It's phenomenal. Uh, fear, rejection, deliverance from fear. Today, one of the big things in our world is deliverance from abandonment. Abandonment is massive work of darkness to hold people in a sense of isolation. Um, Another one that goes along with that is self-hatred. People hating and loathing just just don't like themselves. I had that. Oppression. Depression. Unclean spirits. Utter harassments of hell. And many in our culture today suffer they do they suffer from the torment. there's all kinds of ways you can open to it. It can be a, a horrible childhood situation. it could be some kind of like get into drugs, it could be sexual encounters it could be all kind I know a, a fellow that was um, uh, a, a, a friend of mine shared this with me a long time ago. There was a lady that was in and out of uh, mental institutions and then uh, she ended up having, fornicating with a fella and uh he was he was fine until he that spirit got into him. And he committed suicide because he couldn't handle the traffic that was pumped into him. Wow. He couldn't handle it. He needed Jesus. How many of you know most people are looking for the love that only Jesus can give anyway? So he's, does. Uh, they don't know. Most people don't know that Jesus is the curer of the souls and that becoming him becoming... The answer is simply this. It's really truly this. Jesus becoming Lord... Would you ever say that? Jesus becoming Lord. And then submitting your soul to Him. And then now you obey Him. And then what He does is He, he, he releases the power. And the power is about forgiveness. And we'll get to a, a, an aspect of that at, toward the end here. The power of forgiveness. And then there comes this work of cleansing. And you feel like you're brand new. You're, you're changed inside. And then there's this overthrow or this casting out of things that have been tormenting to you. Any kind of a spiritual adversary that's haunted your soul, he breaks that power. But how many of you have things linger and then suddenly in some moment, whether in church or you're hearing the Word or you're, somebody's ministering to you and suddenly that thing leaves and it's no longer there. Hallelujah. Jesus is still healing people who are oppressed of the devil. He's doing it today. Where the kingdom of God is expressed where Jesus' is, his life is known because He went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. And He heals us. How many of you need freedom? Have you been... I heard Jack Hebert say years ago, the human soul is like an onion. It's layer after layer. And you're crying all the time. <laughs> isn't that true? <laughs> you, get, you get this freedom. You go for a season. and then The Lord says, let's go ahead and work in another area. And you end up having these horrible moments where you think, I don't want to think about that. He says, Jesus wants to go and, and touch that and release you from the pain of that. Aren't you glad that he does that? He comes to seek and to save the lost and to deliver and rescue us like he did Mary Magdalene, to come and rescue us from the oppression of the devil. I want to say regular attendance in church, experiencing God's presence in worship, receiving His truth in the ministry of His Word, receiving prayer unto freedom at the altar, are some of the ways that the Lord releases His freedom into our life today. Um, I know most of you know the story, but if you don't, we'll just share just a piece of it. But there's another woman in the Bible that Jesus ministered to. We typically call her the woman at the well. The woman at the well had a, uh, she was healed from a broken heart. That's how I like to look at it. It's in John chapter 4. Later, I'd like to have you look at that again. But here's the situation she had multiple relationships when she was looking for love and being disappointed in her search. Isaiah 61, 1 says, uh, the second half of that verse says this. I love this verse. Let's read it together. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Wow. There's another verse, Psalm 34:18. It's another favorite verse. Let's say it again. Let's read this. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. The reason that the woman was at the well alone was because she was rejected by the town for her multiple failed marriages. Jesus reveals her heart to her, touches her soul deeply by purely, lovingly accepting her and then speaking life into her. Her broken heart is healed on the spot. John 4.39, many Samaritans from that town believed in Him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all I ever did. That's how it feels, isn't it? When everything that you hate about your life, God says, it's going to be okay with me. Everything that was destructive to you, that you've looked to for... Hope and help, and Lord says it's going to be all right. You can put your faith today in Jesus if you have brokenness in your soul. He will do the same thing for you that He did for this lady. And this testimony, because I can, I bet you we could have two hours at least, maybe four, of people just standing up here and giving testimonies. Some of you are more fluid in your words than others, maybe six hours. But we could tell testimonies of how Jesus came to us in our absolute brokenness, can't we? Even if you had a great dad and great mom, hell still got in. Some people have horrible situations and have less damage. It just depends on what you did during that time, what you looked to other than the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Amazing how much uh, what, what hell can do. How many of you, well, I would just say a testimony uh, that we would share would get somebody's attention, wouldn't it? But even then, your testimony, which is anointed, which is because it's what Jesus has done for you, they still need the Lord to speak to them. They still need to hear it. And this is what I love about uh, John 4.42. It says, uh, they said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said, that we believe, for we've heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Your testimony can give a launching place for somebody else to consider that Jesus can transform them. Isn't it good? Now, there are many people today whose hearts are broken and bruised from harmful relationships, and you can go over the whole scope of life, starting as a little one all the way up through your whole life. There can be missteps. There can be putting trust in someone that's, that it just doesn't work out the way you thought or hoped. So there's a lot of brokenness that come that way. What's important to know is that if you've been broken, God's loving eyes are upon you, longing for you to look to him for healing. How many, how many of you have discovered Jesus is real love? He's real love, and He is the love that people are actually seeking in the relationships. This fine lady right here would totally agree that I am not enough. But with Jesus, there's enough. Without Jesus, with Jesus, without Jesus, thumbs down. With Jesus, thumbs up. How many of you found that out? I feel like praying in the Spirit for a while just to say get some more thumbs up, right? The place inside that we have been, uh, we have a place inside of us that's designed by the Lord for the Holy Spirit to dwell. And when you get good at drawing upon His love, let me go ahead and say this. This is not some kind of a traditional, uh, even mainline or any kind of thing where we're going to do a little Bible homily and a little lesson about who Jesus is. This is a place where you say, My heart may be in pain. And Jesus saying, I understand. In fact, look at this. This is what I know about Jesus. He knows the precise moment and place that your heart was broken. And more than that, He felt it break. Jesus knows you. He knows what your needs are. He felt it. He felt it. It registered in Him when you suffered. That's who He is. Let's just worship Him just for a moment. Just open to His goodness, His kindness, His love for you. He cherishes you more than you can ever imagine. All of the losses, he felt the loss. All of the pain was registered in his heart. Let's love the Lord. Open your heart to Him. Receive His love for you right now. Open to Him. I'm telling you today, even today in this environment, in this atmosphere, Jesus is set to free you. He's come to free you. He knows when you're oppressed. And He's come to release you from oppression. Today. He knows the thing right now in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name. Whatever I've said that's registered in your heart, you just offer that to the Lord right now. Anything back through Mary Magdalene's life? Through the woman of the well? Any point of suffering? Even if you feel like you're not doing as well as you should, just say right here, Lord, I need your help. Would you do that right now? Holy Spirit, come. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Where the Holy Spirit comes, He's big. He makes room for the glory of God to come and inhabit you. And the glory of God overthrows the works of hell. He knows the moment in your life when you expected love and were not only not loved, but felt the sting of rejection. And Jesus has this amazing gifting where he can supernaturally go into all of the areas of pain of brokenness and restore you with the love that's needed he's amazing he goes right to the place where you suffered the most and shows up in there he shows up in that place and here's the suffering here's the withered hand here's the blind eyes here's the crippled here's the lame moment and the jesus Jesus shows up. And where you're dead, and where you've suffered, and where your heart ached, Jesus shows up. Maybe you don't want to go there, but Jesus says, come here. Let's go to that moment together. And the weight of His glory, the weight of His beauty, the weight of His his restorative capacity comes into your life at that moment. How many of you have experienced that before? Isn't He good? It's so wonderful. Because when He comes, after He's done, you quit reacting the same way you used to. You change so deeply because you're free. You're free from rejection. You're free from the fear of it. Jesus could move in and suddenly abandon it and moves out. Jesus moves in, isolation moves out. Jesus moves in, His beauty. When the Lord showed me this other thing about His absolute, He says, that, that Thursday night when I was, I was standing right about here, and the Lord says, Do you know that I'm absolute perfection? When you worship me, you worship absolute perfection. Do you know that my absolute perfection, in that I think of you better than you think of yourself? My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And when I think about you, I think of not only when I created you, but who you're going to be with me forever. And the joy we will share forever and ever. Would you go ahead and begin to receive who I say you are to me now. And let the opinion that you've had of yourself formed by other things go away and become the precious soul that you are to me. Let's praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Because this... This this is what a Savior does. And like the woman of the well, He restores you and me to worshiping the Father in heaven and opening to the source of love. Hallelujah. So bring your broken heart to Jesus. He'll begin putting you back together again because Jesus is our Savior and He came to seek and save everything that got lost in your life. He's going to seek and restore it Let's just go ahead and let a murmur of Happy Thanksgiving fill the room just for a minute. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, even today, right now, every person that's listening on this, to the audio thing here, I claim releases of the Holy Spirit happen in their life. I'm going to go ahead and just declare every demonic name that I have mentioned, I declare in that it be broken and leave in Jesus' name. It be broken and leave. It'd be broken now and leave. In the authority of Jesus. It'd be broken and leave. Do you want Jesus more than anything else? Say yes. Even if your soul is sluggish to that, begin saying yes. Yes, I need Jesus for I need the lover that the, the, the one that loves my soul more than anybody else. I need him in my life. In Jesus' name I take authority in His name, under His authority, that every single work of darkness that has crowded in on your soul, be gone today. Be gone today. Go in Jesus' name. Get out in Jesus' name. This is who Jesus is. He releases captives from prison. Hallelujah. He heals broken hearts. Hallelujah. He felt it. He'll heal it. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. To set the captive free. Go ahead and just say, You're the Savior that I need. (laughs) That I want and that I desire. There's another woman in the Bible story here. This is a strange story to me because the man's nowhere to be found. But she was caught in adultery and she was brought before Jesus. And, uh, but she walked away with freedom that no man could give her. And her testimony of the Scriptures gives us great hope because those who fail can overcome because of Jesus' ministry them. John 8, 7 says this. Now, you know the story. You know They throw this lady in front of Jesus and basically these guys are legalistic guys and they say somebody caught in adultery is supposed to be stoned and not drugs with rocks. They want to kill her with throwing rocks at her. And so Jesus says, hey, those without sin cast the first stone and stops the whole mob. And from the oldest to the youngest, they start dropping the the rocks, and uh, she says, "Where are your acu-? he says Where are your accusers now?" Anyway, John eight seven says, "Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her." And then John eight ten to eleven, you know, Jesus is looking up. Of course, they're all walking away. Women, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, "No one, Lord." Everybody say, "No one, Lord." That's Jesus. That's the work of Jesus. No one, Lord. No one. Neither do I condemn you. Go from now on. From now on, sin no more. So this is the picture here. She's a woman that's caught in in being exposed for a shameful act. Now maybe she had been abused a long life's way. Maybe she had no means to make a living and resorted to selling herself. Maybe she was emotionally ensnared or seduced by a man who was nowhere to be found. We don't know the situation, but we know this. Jesus' forgiving love covers a multitude of sins. And so He covers us and He protects us from the destruction and shame so whether it's like Mary Magdalene now, she's serving her, her time, spending uh, serving Jesus along with the disciples, or the woman at the well that's now proclaimed to the whole town, and the whole town's shifted because of a testimony of a person that's been touched by Jesus deeply. We don't see really a whole lot more except the, the impact over the religious community that grace from Jesus far excels the, the legalism of the law. But Jesus rescues us all from demonic control. He heals us from our brokenheartedness and failed relationships. He'll free us from the shame of sexual failure. He comes to seek and save the lost. So I just have a couple of ways where we can partner with the Lord. How many of you, like, have God's done something wonderful for you? How many of you would even say, Today, God's working in my life. Today. Today. Today And why we come to church is not to have a bunch of notes to go study later, even though we used to do that. The real reason you come is for a moment. You come for a moment. What does God do in a moment? He can lift oppression from your life. He can drop an instruction in you. He can give a prophetic word. And it doesn't even have to be anybody speaking. Suddenly you see who you are to Him and it changes everything. That's why we come. In fact, they built the tabernacle for that reason. God gave instructions to Moses in Exodus 25. I want, to build a, I want you to build a tabernacle. All these explicit instructions. He says, here's the reason. I want to meet with you so that I can speak with you. And so we come and we, we tabernacle with God. We open up in corporate worship and we lift our hearts to Him. And He comes and He's with us. And the whole point is, I would like to speak to you. Now we learn how He can speak to us when we're alone. But this is a, a training center, isn't it? So let's talk about... I, I feel like I want to... I want Before we go to the next part... We just lift your heads again. Just lift your heads to the Lord. Our Holy Spirit, I thank you for your ministry here to unshackle, unburden, break the weight, impact, torment, agitation of every single work of darkness that has harassed your precious people, every soul in the building. In the name of Jesus. If we take your authority and extend it now and declare your loving, tender mercies release right now healing into the depths of each soul, right now. Let's praise Him. Go ahead and just praise Him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord is doing a surgery, I believe, a couple of folks. Just go ahead and just wade your heart in, let the Lord love you. Feel like the Lord would just take your heart and kiss you and pour love into you that you haven't had before. And that's gonna release kind of a healing grace on you for this next season of your life. The Lord's just gonna cause you to know the depth of his love for you. It's so important. Isn't it true? If you don't have his love, you look for it everywhere else. But he's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it. Just receive that. Receive that. Receive that. Receive that. In the name of Jesus, we'll come back to a moment like this toward the end. I want to say, how can we partner with the Lord? How many of you not only have received, but like would partner with the Savior? You want to partner? So we partner in prayer part and that's why I'm calling us to have a even I'm not a list person when it comes to prayer but I'm going to have one I want to I was I don't know where I was standing but I was standing somewhere and the Lord spoke to me and said use this example I mean it's kind of funny like what the how many of you remember the 12 year old 13 year old guy up in somewhere Minnesota Michigan whatever and he was looking at Google Maps Do you ever hear it remember the story it was a news item he was looking at Google Maps and he saw an island in the South Pacific on Google Maps. And it had an SOS marked on it in the sand. And he called the police and the police got a hold of uh, some Coast Guard or something and they went around the world and these, they, this boat rides up to this island and rescues this man. <laughs> because a kid somewhere up north saw SOS on an island. That this man's rescued. The Lord says, that's prayer. That's prayer. People say, USS OSB, save our souls. And there are people that are somewhere stuck. And there's a watchman praying. Calling Jesus the authority. So and so is abandoned on an island of hopelessness. And needs your help. And he sets in motion Jesus, the rescuer, and he goes to the place. That's why we do this. We say, go to that place where that soul is all alone. How many of you, when you're all alone and you don't know the Lord, it can wreck your life. There are people making decisions today because they don't have Jesus, and they're killing themselves. It's horrible. When the Lord of life Let's don't be asleep. Let's see. Let's be part of Jesus reaching, reaching to them. Amen. We could do it in serving. Number two, in serving. Truly, I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ, will by no means lose their reward. Some little act of serving doesn't have to be big. Just anointed. Amen. And some of you are gifted in just doing something of service. You may be feel intimidated about the testimony. You may not be so smooth with the words, but you can serve circles around people. Let the Lord have that gifting and do it unto Him, and watch Him work in people, partnering with the Lord. Also, the next one is speaking. Is speaking. 1 Peter 4.11 Whoever speaks, speaks as the oracles of God. I looked up the word oracle. It's a really simple word. It just means a brief utterance of God. Your testimony can release an oracle of God. Just a brief testimony. Hey, you know, Robert Morris has been doing this crazy thing. He says, he talks about, I have a best friend. I'd like to introduce you to my best friend. Who's your best friend? God. He talks about how his life was before and how his after. And... uh would you like to meet my best friend? This guy is so evangelistic, and there's an anointing on him to do it. And every now and again, somebody's lips will tremble, and they say, "I'd like to be your best friend." <laughs> Let me pray with you. You can have him be your best friend too. And the last way we would talk about, so we talk about prayer, talk about serving, speaking. Last one, partnering with the Lord in forgiveness. And there's two types of forgiveness, and I just found out about this this week. all these years you think, you should know this stuff. The first one is actually seen really well in Colossians 3.13 it says, bearing with one another, if anyone has a complaint against each other or against one another everybody say, forgiving each other. Forgiving as the Lord has what? Forgiven you so you must also forgive. This particular word, next slide, is Keres, oh my And it's based on this word charis, which is the word for grace. And this particular word for forgive is relating to God and relating to people. And when you forgive, you're granting a favor. It's a gratuitous thing. It's a kindness, a pardon. You're frankly saying you're forgiven. You freely grant pardon. It's relational between a person. But there's another Type of forgiveness. Matthew twenty six twenty-eight, Jesus said this for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This is a different word. This is aphasis. That's how you say it in the Greek apparently. This is an interesting word. Forgiveness of sins means release. From bondage or imprisonment. Now, here's the difference. The charizomai is focused on the relationship. This particular word is focused on the actual sin. The focus has changed. We're going to break the power of that. We're going to liberate you from that. Imprisonment, forgiveness or pardon, letting go As if they have never been committed. Wow. Remission. That's why sometimes it says for the remission of sins. How many of you have heard of sicknesses going into remission? They no longer have their power. They're still around, but they're powerless. That's the word. Now, there's deliverance, liberty, remission. Now, in fact, there's actually three words that kind of cluster together and there's uh, a fami, a phasis and a, a poluo. And they all have this meaning, similar. To remove the guilt resulting from wrongdoing. When God forgives the wrongdoer, how many of you know that the event of the wrongdoing is not undone? Right? That happened. That didn't change. What changed? The guilt resulting from the, such an event is pardoned it's lifted. It deals with giving a death blow to where you've been in bondage and imprisoned by the guilt and condemnation of the shame of the failure. And Jesus says, I have a blood in my covenant, and it releases you from captivity. It breaks the power of everything that you've been held captive to. And we see this on the cross. I was like, okay, Lord. And I went and did a little study Look at this, Luke twenty three well it's not up there, but I'll just say it. Luke twenty-three twenty-four. Jesus is on the cross, and what does he say? He says, Father, what does he say? Forgive them. It's the first word. It's a fe me. First word. Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. Jesus came to save us by removing the shame. It was shameful what they did. Jesus says, I'm on the cross and I'm giving the power to release forgiveness. To break the, literally, to lift off of you, to lift off of you what's shackled on you of the shame of your failure. Lift it off of you. Jesus says, I've released my blood to break the power of sin to hold you. That all the guilt, all the shame, all that comes right off. And that's where we help people say, let's repent, let's receive it. Now let's go ahead and lift our heads. Let's go ahead and stand together just for a moment. Hallelujah. Thank You, Lord, for what You have done and what You're doing right now in our souls. We thank You for the thorough work. And we want to be a people that walk in forgiveness, live forgiveness, know Your forgiveness, and are freed through the power of Your forgiveness. Would you just uh, kind of look at me like, just lift your hands about like this, would you? Would you? Holy Spirit come and with the power of the blood in the room begin washing and just say this prayer Father God forgive me in every way that I have sinned forgive me in every way that I have failed you that I have broken uh, your law I'm so sorry in Jesus name I want to thank you for releasing your healing power into my brokenness. I thank you for breaking the power of sin holding my life. I praise you in advance right now for lifting shame, guilt, condemnation from my soul. I lift my chin to you and I say, I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me. I repent. I put my chin down. And I say, scram hell. Get out of my life. Be gone from me now. And I turn my heart to Him who loves me. Let's go ahead and say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus we release you now. May the Lord fill and refresh and bless you. And may you be warmed in your heart like never before during these days. Amen. God love you.